0: Hi, everyone, and welcome back to The Kids Are Not Alright, a lighthearted sister-run podcast about family separation and all the messy bits in between. In this episode, we are talking about a recent experience we went through um, that made our parents' separation even more poignant. And this is the selling of our family home, specifically um, our house in Malaysia, which we actually owned for 10, 11 years, roughly. Now, that might not sound like a long time for some of you who've had, you know, a very uh, long childhood homes. But for people like us who are expats and live abroad, this is kind of a big deal. You know, 10 years is a is a very long time to own and to, to live in a home, Um and yeah this this the selling of our home kind of happened earlier this year and uh, we officially moved out in july i believe this summer so a very recent event um yeah and yeah i think i do want to make the premise that um we do kind of have two perspectives here sophia because you actually also lived in that home as part of your high school experience for i i'd say like 3 years probably right 2 or 3 years I at the time that this house was bought had already um moved to Germany to study so um the only time that I like lived lived in this house was during my gap year for 6 7 months um but I would still say being expat children this family home this physical family home becomes kind of a very extreme representation of where your home is (laughs) Mm -hmm. together with where your family is. So I would say that even if I didn't live there, I still defined it as my family childhood home (laughs) in a way, even though it wasn't like I didn't make that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there was a room for you and all of your childhood things were in that room and, you know, all the furniture that we grew or that you grew up with and we grew up with is still there. So I Totally understand. Like, even though you didn't live there fully, like that is still your tr- yeah. your yeah. family home. And and you know, even me in the later years would come for Christmas. And by the end, I try to really squeeze in as many visits as possible. Um, yeah, it was a really monumental moment, I think, yeah. for us. Not only because we're selling a, a, a childhood home, which I think is you know difficult for anyone in any position, but also because this kind of is happening in the middle of our parents' separation. Um, it's like a big part of it, I'd say. It was a yeah. like symbolic part of it, I think. Completely. Yeah. A, a very physical kind of representation of the separation. Um, I'd also say, and I think this is something that maybe other adult children of divorce can really relate to, it's also one of those perfect examples of where being an adult child of divorce leaves you in this weird torn situation between having to take a very practical approach to something while you're emotionally trying to digest what's happening. Because the reality is we were given the option of, would you like to come back to Malaysia to go through your rooms, sort through the house, and in that way support the actual kind of dissolvement of the family home. And so, I mean, you can talk about your experience, but I also had to take ownership for a decision of, okay, this is a boundary that I'm going to cross. (laughs) I'm going to do this and I'm going to do it not only for myself, but also to support our parents. And I think more specifically our mother in the process of actually dissolving this home, like the practicality behind that, like selling things on Facebook marketplace that we don't want, or, you know, choosing what goes into storage, like those kind of like little details, like, man, like I, they're, they're not only annoying painful. but like painful at the same time yeah. so it's like it's this weird combination between practical and then like emotionally being like what is actually happening to me how am i digesting this yes so just to to give a bit more context before we kind of delve into that i mean our mother was basically living in our in our family home for the last, you know, 2 to 3 years kind of on her own while my our, our father had kind of already moved out and and set up base for himself in a different um country. Um so so yeah, just to give a bit of bit of context and I think for me, you know, as soon as I kind of found out that we were moving and selling the house, I really made sure to come as much as I could um because I just wanted to like soak everything in. And just like enjoy the feeling of coming home. So I think within like six months, I, I traveled all the way from London to Malaysia three times. Um, And then you were obviously there when we were doing the physically moving out bit. Um, I kind of had the early stages of it. You know, I also had to sort through my things. And I also had to sell loads of things on Facebook Marketplace. I became the Facebook Marketplace queen. Was um really... Uh, yeah, just very good at negotiating prices, a skill that I didn't know I had. But It's always easier done behind the screen. In animated- <laughs> <It's true. laughs> it is true. It is true. Um, But yeah, so we had different kind of experiences. And for you, obviously, it was probably a bit more difficult because you were there when the actual move happened, right? Mm-hmm. I think it was, I mean, I don't know. More difficult is always hard to say, right? Like it's very yeah. dependent. I think probably what was quite unique for my situation was I also did sorting of my own things, obviously that were left, but then I had to also, I was there when my parents were both there. Um, and I was like with sticky notes around the house, you know, pink sticky note was for what I was, what we as kids wanted to keep. Like yellow was for what our dad wanted to keep. Uh, blue was what from what our mom wanted to keep, you know, it was just such a it's was such an odd process because you're there in this like weird trio in a way where it's very clear no one no one was putting me in a situation of like having to arbitrate or like be the middle person. Like it wasn't like that at all. Like I was just kind of there as like this like neutral vessel that was just doing the task that two other people were emotionally having to decide to ease right. that emotional process for them while I was struggling emotionally with the situation as well. So I think that was kind of what was unique about, about my situation. Um, and then obviously I was also there when the actual movers came and like, there was this like moment of panic of like, shit, shit, shit. Like it's happening. It's happening now. They're coming. Like things are being put away in boxes. This is it. Like it's, you know, the end of a chapter. Like that initial emotional moment is so intense. Like it's it's almost like a level of panic, you know, of like it's actually happening. It's this like very real situation. Hmm. Um, you know, it was it was just a lot. Yeah. It was a lot happening. Yeah. Because in this whole process, like moving house, but also not even moving the house, like you do kind of or I find myself at least kind of switching, you know, from different kind of mindsets of your one side says, you know, this makes sense. Like this move was going to happen at some point, and you know, we need to be closer together and like for us kids, it's better that we have our parents closer to us and all these things. And then so you're kind of like in work mode and you're like, right, we're moving. We we are packing things up. This is the right thing to do. And then you it switches again into moments of like, oh, my God, like this is actually happening. Like we are not going to be coming home here again. Like this is the last time. And and that like, you know, I, I kind of slip in and out of those different mindsets yeah. Yeah, And I guess that kind of speaks to that, you know, dichotomy that you were referring to of kind of the practical sense and being involved and, and in, in the practical and logical sense, but then also it being incredibly emotional and just hard, you know, it's, it's losing a home. It's, it's grieving. Right. Which I think is a really good point because it it, it comes down to the importance of a home. Right. And I think I also don't want to underestimate like, friends who've like moved family home without even their parents separating but just like moving to a different city or moving to a different part of town even and how that already can be quite hard like the sense of home home is a symbol of stability like home is a is a symbol of where your family comes together like home is comfort home is where you can come to when everything else crumbles around you Mm -hmm. and I don't think, like, I think what I underestimated going into this process to support is that that matter of having to say goodbye to a home that you see as your 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 core, like family core physically, mm. is already hard in and of itself. And then you layer on top of that, the separation, which is the part that you're dealing mm. with practically, mm. but also mm. then after emotionally. And so mm-hmm. I think at the end of the day, what happened for me was then came back to Germany and like I like like for a week like I didn't want to get out of bed like there was so much processing that was going on in my head that was catching up to me because I had completely underestimated the impact that this would have on me. What do you wish you would have known to better prepare yourself for for what it actually really meant for you to go back to help in the dissolving of the home? I think what I learned is, you know, really communicating what, how involved I wanted to be in the process because I you know, wanted to be helpful in terms of the practicalities of the move and helping with selling stuff and going through things, but also recognize that that was very difficult for me. So kind of, you know, communicating with our parents how available I could be, I guess. And I think for me what was hard is in the week that we did move out, I couldn't be there for multiple reasons. and I almost felt guilty because, I couldn't help in this difficult time, but then looking back, I actually think it was right for me not to be there because I think it would have been really, really hard to kind of see that happening. And I I felt like I'd done my quote unquote duties and, you know, have done my things that I needed to do for myself in the weeks before where I went and traveled and I did 10 days at home and I still helped and still was able to um, participate in it. But, yeah, I kind of did it on my terms, if that makes sense. Yeah. Because I I didn't want to make it harder for myself than it already was. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah. No, makes a lot of sense. How about you? I mean, what would you say is your biggest learning? I really think I made so many mistakes in this process. Like, I really feel like this whole going back and the um, perspective that I took, which was very separation focused rather than dissolving the home focused, um, threw me back significantly in my healing process of dealing with my parents' separation. And I think what I would love to tell myself if I had the chance to, (laughs) and I think this is probably the advice as a result that I would give is in this situation, focus first on home and losing that home and what that means for you personally regardless of your parents separating or not. So focus first on yourself and your pain and how hard it is to have to let go of things and sort through your childhood memories and come to a state of acceptance around that (laughs) before you then go into linking it to your parents' separation. And I think my problem was that in linking it to my parents' separation, there's a lot of blaming, again, that was going on for me and like falling into a bit of a victim mindset because I felt a victim of I'm feeling this pain of losing a home as a result of you separating. Mm. Um, And that really wasn't very productive. (laughs) I don't think that that's the point, actually. The point is that I have to come to terms with the fact that I'm losing a family home. I know, but I, I, I also think that that's not a result of you being there physically. Like I felt many of those things still feel those things now. Yeah. And I wasn't as involved as you were, you know, and I think it's only natural to kind of look for someone to blame. Yeah. But I think to avoid that, focus more on what it actually means for you to lose a home. Like, I think that would have really helped me because it also would have... Meant an automatic focus more on myself and my well being, and it would have enabled me to more quickly be aware of the boundaries I need to draw as a result of that. Like, I guess you didn't prioritize yourself. I didn't prioritize it, and that was that was wrong. That was not correct of me to do. Yeah. Well, that's certainly a lesson learned. (laughs) Definitely, yeah. So i've 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 uh I would say I have probably come back from that now, but I like, in all honesty, that took me a good one and a half to two months to digest. Yeah. And we are still very much in it, you know, like this only happened in the summer and we, you know, I think Christmas will be a weird one because it's the first time we're not going to be going home and yeah. it'll be a bit different and I think, you know, it's going to take a long time to kind of get over this and figure things out and, you know, things are very much still up in the air. So, yeah. It is a process. We live and we learn. Yeah. Um, at least you're aware of, of all these things, you know? And yeah. And I do also think like the, I will say the other impact that that has had on me now is that I have put a much stronger focus on defining my own family home and where I live. Like Mm. I'm not looking for wanting to have that sense of family home with either of my parents anymore. Like Mm. I've now decided that I need to build that for myself and I'm married. So it's with my husband, but building an apartment like being in an apartment that really feels like mine and is my space has become that much more important to me yeah i think i i agree with you there though i'm not married and but i i do i do think you know making your current home physical home with your partner or whatever even if you're on your own as comfortable and and nice as you can um so you look forward to to coming there and and having it be your your refuge in a way So we wanted to do something a little different for the last part of this episode. Um, We wanted to share an excerpt from an amazing article that was actually sent to us by um, our dear friend, Dr. Carol Hughes, um, who is the co-author of Home Will Never Be The Same Again, um, a book that we discussed with her in, in one of our earlier episodes. So have a listen if you haven't already. Um, Carol was so kind and sent us this article, which was actually written in Spanish originally by a fellow adult child of divorce. And we think it really kind of sums up everything that we talked about in this episode and really also just sums up our feelings on on losing a childhood home amid your parents separation. I mean, just to give credit there. So um, the author of the the piece is Ruben um, Regalado. I don't know if I'm saying that right, but I have a few Latin friends so they can give me feedback on this after. <laughs> it's it a was, good rolling of R's. Thank you, thank you. I'll give you that. It was uh, written on February 16th, 2020 um, for the purpose of uh, Dr. Hughes sharing it with us. It was translated by Patricia Garavolia. And yeah, it's called I Emptied the Family House After My Parents' Divorce, and This Is What I Learned. We kind of, you know, we've cut it a little bit because we want to focus on the paragraphs that really spoke to us and resonated with us. I think we're going to just take turns reading paragraphs that we respectively felt were um, really mind-blowing for us personally. (laughs) Um, Mind-blowing. Okay, here we go. Um, We hope you like this as much as we do like a little ASMR like a reading session. Are you gonna do like a little raspy voice or <laughs> should we change accents? Maybe do it in a Spanish no. Spanish accent. I don't think I can pull that through. <laughs> Here we go. My parents have divorced so the family home is no longer the family home. It has become a financial asset and as such it has been sold. I've had to empty it of the things accumulated over the years, mine and theirs. Suddenly, I am facing a whole lifetime and the memories of a project, the family that is broken. My bedroom was kept as an ode to the millennial adolescence. There remained the cassette tapes of radio recordings, the CDs, the first MP3, the collection of cigarette cartons, of beer bottles, the little box with hashish in the sock drawer, Useless junk, yes, but also memories. And facing each object, a small dilemma. Donate, give away, keep, throw out. Almost everything went to the trash. And in some way, each new bag full of junk was like killing that future, which will never be. But the journey is not only personal. It is like taking a journey through family history over the years. And it is here where things get complicated. Who gets what? the community property, photos, books, paintings, things that for me symbolize the happy years, but for my parents have now become reminders of pain and a possible motive for conflict. I have WhatsApp groups full of photos with questions. Was this yours? Uh, My mother says, as far as she's concerned, we can get rid of it. Do you want it? And so on. Bag by bag, we went emptying the house until one Wednesday evening, there simply was nothing left. The empty house seemed something else. It was no longer a place where I had been happy. It was a wasteland. I turned on the hall light and walked over to the living room. I heard the echo of my footsteps and I started to cry. I sat on the floor. When I stopped, I felt a bit stupid, but above all, surprised. I did not expect it. Nevertheless, it is normal. You are not crying over the house, the books, the toys, but for all the memories and the family union, you are crying for the broken history. End scene. Yeah, it's sad. Yeah, but it's so like when I read this, I like I I I don't think I've ever read something where I. Was I felt so seen in my own experience. Like this like perfectly summed up my experience. I really, really just feel this piece is so powerful and I'm so happy he wrote it. Yeah, me too. I think it's, yeah, a reminder that we are not alone and that many people share these feelings. And from kind of what I saw, you know, Ruben is a dad himself, you know, he's, he's an adult and he's a man, which, you know, I think is quite interesting because... Yeah. so just to get a, a male perspective and and know that it's pretty similar. universal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ideally, um, we can figure out how to contact Ruben. I think it would be really cool to have him on. Exactly, Ruben. If you hear this, um, we're huge fans. <laughs> we're big fans. I don't know how you say that in Spanish. My <laughs> sorry. Um, yeah what if Ruben's out there thank you Ruben for these really lovely words they touched us deeply and um yeah if you ever want to come on the pod let us know
1: um
0: that's it for us I think with this episode um we hope it was useful and yeah as always um thank you for tuning in feel free to reach out if you've had similar experiences or want us to go deeper into one of the topics as well always yes we have an email it's on our instagram and um yeah eliana i want to hug you after this episode just through the screen (laughs) because (laughs) i felt i feel like it's been a bit of a a sad one um but yeah such is life thank you everyone thank you for listening see you next time bye